Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we're delighted to be joined by the presenters of new six music show, New Music Fix Daily, Tom Ravenscroft and Deb Grant. Uh, Tom and Deb, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you both and whereabouts are you joining us from? Uh, good, thanks. Deb, you first. Um, I don't know if you can hear that siren in the background, but I'm joining you from usually peaceful and not crime-ridden New Islington in uh, Manchester, where I just moved a couple of weeks ago. Oh, very nice. How about you, yeah. Tom? Yeah. Uh, I'm in the countryside at the moment, just outside of Stroud. Very nice. Uh, where we kind of recently moved to in a, um, in a small house we don't fit in, so I'm just surrounded by stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lovely. Well, well, thank you both, um, you know, for, for taking the time out to have a chat with us today. Um, so, uh, New Music Fix Daily, which is a new show that's uh, just launched this week at the time of recording. And uh, I should add, um, airs from Monday to Thursday between 7pm and 9pm. Um, how has it been? How's, how's week one of the show been for you both? <laughs> it's been good, hasn't it, Deb? We've had, we've had yeah. a lot of fun, actually. Um, it's been really fun. I think we were probably both a little nervous going in on Monday because we don't kind of, you know, we've uh, we've done a few shows together, but we've not worked together loads and kind of new show. And I think like the audience are kind of apprehensive as well because they don't quite know what they're going to get. And so, um, yeah, I think sort of starting out a little bit nervous and then, but do you know what? We kind of took off pretty much immediately from like five minutes in. I think we both felt very comfortable with it um, and started really enjoying ourselves. And um, not that we weren't expecting it to, but I think we were both maybe a little surprised by just how, how well it went so quickly, you know? Yeah. It's kind of, it, uh, it just felt like a really big deal because obviously it's kind of a first for six music to have a show like this and any change in the schedule comes with a certain amount of controversy because people are so protective over six music and of other DJs. Uh, but yeah, it just sort of, it just immediately felt very natural. The production team are amazing and they've been working away, planning everything behind the scenes. And we all went out to Primavera the weekend before the show started. So we kind of already became this little unit and we had these experiences together, seeing these amazing bands. And there was just this kind of, from Primavera, there was this sort of forward momentum that pushed us into the first show and yeah, yes. like Tom says, after like five minutes, it was just fun and relaxed. And yeah, it was great. Fantastic. I mean, for anyone who who uh, hasn't had listened to it yet, you know, what can listeners expect from it? Like you said, you almost kind of, it, you know, perhaps takes a, a few shows before you kind of get into the swing of things. But how would you describe the show to, to anyone that hasn't heard it yet? Um, I guess the show is, I mean, it's, I mean, obviously, it's a new music show, so I think what we're, it, we're trying to combine really because it's sort of like a third of it's a third of it's me, a third of it's Deb, and you know, then the team are also putting stuff in. So it's kind of a combination of things that are new that are like by artists you've never heard of, maybe sort of realms that you're not familiar with, um, and us sort of trying to bring in new names and new ideas and new sounds as well as. On the other side of that, things that are kind of new music by people that you know very well, but you just you've just not heard yet. So, I think it's about I was trying to introduce people to cool new stuff without you know scaring them off um, by playing kind of lots of things they've uh, kind of are too unfamiliar with. So, I think it's just trying to sort of find that balance really. 
the, the, the audience will enjoy and, and kind of doesn't push people away. Yeah, and like me and Tom are both, you know, we've both been DJs for a long time. We've got an interest in sort of digging and hunting out new music. Our taste is, it does cross over quite a lot, but it's quite different too. So that, that adds a kind of interesting um an interesting contrast in terms of what's played but yeah i mean it's important that it's not alienating for people because a whole two hours of like brand new music across all genres and like a lot of the stuff that me and tom like is quite sort of um you know not inaccessible but like it's not necessarily the stuff that you might expect to hear on a early evening radio show yeah. so it's kind of tempered with um some features like uh there's one feature called hot tip for example, where uh, a big name artist will pick their favorite emerging artist and we'll share that throughout the week as well. So that's kind of an interesting perspective too. But yeah, it's it's a balance. But I think it's important for Six Music to have a um to have a sort of hub where new artists can be support discovered and supported by the station as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um I, am I right in thinking, Deb, that your, this is kind of your first sort of full-time gig with the, the sort of BBC music stable. Yeah. How, how has that yeah. been? I'm, I'm speaking with such authority about it because I literally just had a breakfast meeting with my boss. And I'm like, yeah, six <laughs> music needs this and it needs that. I've listened to six music since the beginning like because I feel like it is kind of the only place in, in radio, uh, it's just kind of a home for people who are obsessed with music, like to where music kind of means something more than just something you stick on in the background while you're at work or, or whatever. And I remember I had an office job out of university and that was when George Lamb was doing the mid-morning show. And I used to come in and we'd stick BBC Six on and, you know, listen to George Lamb. We'd all be like, this guy gets to roll out of bed, go into a radio studio, play a few records, have a bit of a chat. And then he finishes work at one o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon. That's not fair. So, yeah, um, it's kind of a dream. Like, <laughs> we are, you know, we're, uh, yeah, we're on the other side of that now. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like a dream come true, really. Not just for that reason, but because I think Six Music just feels like home to me like as a as a listener and now as as um as a presenter like I feel so lucky that I've been able to muscle my way in I started out um covering for Chris Hawkins very early in the morning and sort of did various depping and just made a nuisance of myself basically until they gave me a job <laughs> yeah oh, amazing well congratulations you know Thanks. and it's um like you said I think it's one of those stations perhaps you know arguably more so than 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 most where people are quite protective over it and it does mean a lot to people as you say it's not it's not yeah. a station people tend to uh just have on in the background they are kind of tuning in for a reason so i guess it has that that unique thing and the audience saved it so they therefore feel like they own it yeah <laughs> so, you know, uh, and obviously being the bbc they kind of well they kind of do but i feel like more more so than perhaps other stations because you know they saved it so they you know we get to say what we you know <laughs> We're not going to hold back when we've got opinions on things. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, I mean, what have been some of the the records or artists that have been catching your ear of late? Has, has there been anything that you've played over this this past week that has really, uh, you know, really really caught caught your ears? 
Um, well, what we I think the lot this week we've essentially been kind of trying to capture things that we saw at uh, Primavera. So it's, it's very much those artists. So I think from from Primavera, I know that we're all big Sudan Archives fans on the show. Uh, amazing artists on Stone's Throw Records. Who's just you know, I think it's quite hard to be sort of like hip hop and punk with a violin, but somehow you know she's pulling that off in the in an amazing fashion and. Uh, also saw Dorian Concept. He was really, really cool. Um, being sort of wild and funky on his sort of homemade synth. Um, on top of that, we've been playing, or I've been really into uh, a rapper called Naito. He's been popping up on lots of, um, just popping up on everyone's records all over the place and kind of always having the best track on an album. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, as, as the nature of the show, it's kind of almost hard to keep up with what we're playing ourselves. So yeah. keeps on forgetting things day by day. I don't know how you feel about it, Dev. Yeah, there's just like, you get so many emails sent by bloggers and bands and artists anyway, but just in the build-up to this show, because it is a specific place for new music, that's just really ramped up. So we've had to come up with kind of a system to make sure we listen to everything that comes through and give it a fair chance and make a decision about whether or not we're going to play it. There's just so much music. Um, one thing that stood out to me this week uh, there's an artist called Tiny Leaves who's made this album from a, it's like a project they did with the National Trust. So it's about, it's music uh, intended to sort of capture the feeling of being in the Shropshire countryside. So it's all sort of like crunchy leaves and it's it's not just, it's like a sort of aural impression of the countryside, but it combines that with like biodata and sound effects and wow. all of this stuff and like, yeah, it's really beautiful and like nice to have an opportunity to 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 play that as well. Um yeah, and like Tom was saying, loads of stuff that we caught at Primavera. Yeah, so much stuff. How how was Primavera? <laughs> Too much. <laughs> it was good. I mean, it's have you been there? Have you been there? I've not been to Primavera before, sadly. It's, it's one of those I want to go to fun. every year, but it's a funny one because when you arrive, it's like it's in like an old docks by the, the sea. Mm. So when you first arrive, it's just this huge flat plain of concrete. Yeah. Uh, and you're kind of looking at it thinking like this isn't a vibe at all. Like this is just <laughs> quite brutal. Um, and it's very hot and you just stood on like like concrete as far as the eye can see. Mm. You know, kind of almost the polar opposite of Glastonbury. Um but then as it and the stage is all kind of the stage is all positioned in really weird really weird way and you stood there just going like what is this is, is this is this going to work and then as it fills up it suddenly all suddenly makes sense and it's um it's a really really great festival despite the fact it's all quite very much sort of stuck together in this area you get this great sense of being able to kind of wander around and still discover things within it they, they've done it very cleverly um but the, the most amazing thing because it's in spain they everything's on so hilariously late yeah <laughs> but like um like blur with the headliners, and they went on at half two. Wow! <laughs> it's, just yes, like, it's a bit different. Never, I've never there, heard of that. It's just like that's insane. You know, amazing. The yeah, there was coming a... up when they finished their headline set. <laughs> wow. I've never known that before. Yeah, there's a lot of napping going on during the day because like <laughs> stuff doesn't really kick off until like five six p.m. Hmm. Um, so yeah, but it's kind of nice because then you have the opportunity to sort of hang out in Barcelona. But yeah. Like the staging is just really, really clever. Like Tom is saying, it's hard to understand how it's going to come together until you see it in action. And like 
there's all these little nooks and crannies with all kinds of weird stuff going on. It's really, really well programmed. Obviously, you have the big acts on the, you know, the the big main stage. But then there's all these sort of little mini stages. Like we saw this band called Mahia Bruda, who I was curious about. They had like, they played on this like man-made island that was kind of just kind of out where the sea was. Oh. And um, yeah, just this like tiny little stage, uh, which was affiliated with a certain orange drink brand, which we don't need to know, <laughs> or you could only buy that particular drink at the bar. But yeah, just stuff like that. Like it's the kind of place where if you don't have an agenda to see any particular band, and like um, Black Hane was playing, they set up a stage in a in a underground car park and it was just full of dry ice and you sort of walk into this car park and you can't see like two inches in front of your face <laughs> yeah um, uh, that was quite surreal like, and then you've also got like you've got like boiler room in like a cage that looks like something from mad max <laughs> uh and then the polar opposite to that is you've got this really beautiful very cold dark like underground auditorium with like boris playing in it um so it's i mean it's it's kind of got a bit of everything, really. It's a really good festival. Yeah, it sounds yeah, amazing. amazing. Yeah. And, and were you broadcasting live uh, from, from the festival? We weren't this year, no. I mean, it was the first, um, the first kind of time that Six Music have linked up with the festival. So okay. I think it was kind of, I think we were unwittingly sent a little bit on a recce. Um, mm. But so we kind of went there and, and recorded... Um, we recorded a load of stuff with our engineers to put out on six and we, you know, kind of chat with some people and met up with some people sort of like, hopefully I think maybe laying down some groundwork for sort of future projects with those guys. Yeah. Collecting intel. Yeah. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) Um, I wanted to ask you about, about the role of, it's going to be about the role of radio in general in sort of helping to break new music and new artists today and, and where you feel six music sits within that because I think as as we have mentioned previously I think for a lot of people Six Music feels like it occupies a, a bit of a different space to a lot of other stations um, sure. and there's been lots of talk you know I mean for years now people have been talking about ever since streaming you know as the role of radio shifted in in the way that it introduces music to people because there are so many other ways of doing that now um, but for Six Music is it still largely the same because the people that come into six music a lot of the time they are passionate music fans that are looking to discover new music as opposed to you trying to capture casual fans with new music you know so do mm. is, is six music's ability to introduce new music to audiences changed at the same kind of rate that perhaps more mainstream stations has yeah yeah no i don't you know i don't know the answer to those i don't i don't feel I don't feel from having from, from having been inside it for like twelve years, and and being and finding music and playing it and then seeing what happens with a record or with an artist once you've played it. Do you know what I mean? When you sort of put something out there and then how that what happens? You know, when you put that out into the air. For me, if I don't feel like it's changed a huge deal, um, because. You know, the streaming platforms, kind of when they started up, they were very much trying to sort of emulate radio. You know, they were trying to kind of find a way to make radio. Uh, and then that kind of didn't work hugely well. And then that wasn't even really their strength. And obviously they've, they've found their strength and they're like absolutely killing it. But um, they kind of almost backed off from radio because it didn't quite work because mm. no one could do what radio does, you know. And and Six Music and the BBC in general are in this very unique position that they broadcast around the world you know and it's um 
you know they're very fortunate that we have this 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 strength that no one else has and so i think in a sense that hasn't changed a huge amount you know i think that the, the playing a record in a studio and talking about it live and then playing that out and it suddenly magically still blows my mind you know it magically appears and people's living rooms and I feel very romantic about it obviously but you know it appears in kitchens and headphones on buses on the way to work and I think that that's still something that no one else can do mm. you know but radio and I, and I think not just from a listener's point of view but I think also from talking to musicians and artists whether they're like just starting out and they get their first ever radio play or you're chatting to like you know Fortet and his new single come out I don't think that that excitement as an artist of having your radio played on the radio ever goes mm. away yeah. So I think it's also important for them, you know, it's like hearing themselves on the radio is still a thing. Yeah. I think as well, like, mm, people trust Six Me. Like, and, and that's why this, you know, that's why this show is such an important thing because we are saturated with access to music. And I think people really trust Six as a filter, you know, to find their next favorite band, whether that be someone who is, you know, really interested in discovering new music or a casual listener. I mean, the whole idea of this show is to make new music accessible um, and a kind of less intimidating prospect to wade through. And I think uh, people trust Six to kind of filter through the best stuff of all possible genres. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, is, it is really interesting. I think that Six Music, to me at least, as a, as a listener, feels like it. that conversation around the role of radio sort of a, it feels like it applies slightly differently to six music to me like you said, yeah maybe people, yeah i yeah. think if you're but i guess it's also slightly to do with demographics you know what i mean it's like yeah. the, the, the demographic is slightly older and probably more loyal to radio as a medium than like you know if you're if you're on radio one you've got to fight a little bit harder because they're younger and they're different you know they didn't grow up in with radio in the same way so i imagine that they've got their work cut out a little bit more mm. trying to keep everyone in in the game you know yeah i mean how for you for, for, for both of you how important was radio as music fans in discovering new music do you were there particular shows stations when you were growing up that were kind of important to you or or any artists or acts that you remember kind of discovering through finding them on radio i just wondered yeah about the role that it's played in your lives right everything i was obsessed with the radio from i when i was old enough to listen to i mean i used to monopolize the car stereo since you know <laughs> as young as i can remember but yeah as soon as i had a radio in my room i mean i was just completely obsessed there was a pirate station in dublin which is called spectrum and then it was kind of chased to a different uh fm uh, to a different bandwidth and then it was called phantom and i used to have a you know a notebook that was just filled with um notes about different bands i heard like everything from i don't know people like jeff buckley and nick drake to like um you know older bands uh to people like i don't know just stuff that wasn't getting played on mainstream commercial irish radio even bands like maloco and stuff like that which um you know like fun pine gold frap and stuff like fun pop bands that i just wouldn't have had any other means to to discover uh yeah it was like uh it, it was an absolute lifeline for me it just gave me a such a broad um kind of broad access to all kinds of different music and like yeah i mean i really trusted those djs to to kind of um to introduce me to the important stuff 
Yeah, it was everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I was in a kind of slightly bizarre situation. I, I kind of grew up. I sort of grew up living in a radio show, so <laughs> it was it was a bit it was a bit weird for me. But like. Outside of that, you know, I used to listen, listen late at night on my tiny radio. I used to love Andy Kershaw's radio show because I was really into sort of like Zimbabwe music, like Thomas McFumo and the Four Brothers and things like that. So I used to like, uh, I'd scribble down things he played and then, you know, kind of try and find records of those. And then later on, moving to moving to London, I got really into like the Pirate Jungle stations and that kind of, you know, that got me into dance music really, was was, was listening to those shows. And then weirdly, recently it's kind of gone full circle where it was like listening to myself sort of digging around the kind of new and interesting and unknown things. And then what I, what I actually get introduced to now is massive stars. I had no idea that that's who they were. <laughs> um, so I, I, I was driving back from Manchester last night and this, this track came on the radio. And I was like, what's this? This is amazing. Uh, and I was like trying to remember it. I was like, it was... Um, it was on a station which you know doesn't give you the track listing, and I was trying to remember the line from it so I could Google it. And I got back, and I have a terrible memory, and I just got the remnants of a sentence in the song, and I wrote it down. I was like, "Oh, that's Lana Del Rey." Yeah, I just like picture you getting into like Fleetwood Mac or something, just like, "Oh my god, do you guys know Fleetwood Mac rumors? What a great album!" It's not. You can play that on the show, couldn't you? Next week, yeah, It's not always about the obscure, you know. <laughs> uh, so next i think uh, when is glastonbury now that's next weekend is it weekend, weekend after, after, weekend wow, after. Yes, uh, i think well it um, starts oh god i don't know yes it's soon <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um yeah so you'll be uh you're going to be broadcasting from glastonbury uh this year <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about what you'll be doing there what's what's your job going to be for those for those few well, days i think it's um we're going to be we're going to basically be doing our show Wednesday to Saturday evening, I believe, um, and trying to kind of. I mean, it's always a bit of a challenge at Glastonbury trying to sort of bring bring the festival. I guess that's why so many of us are there to try and bring that festival to an audience is is such a challenge to try and kind of give you a rounded idea of what's going on. Mm. Um, so we're going to be kind of doing our best to do that. So I mean, we we're still very much in the planning stages, but it's about trying to get you know, as many guests on the show and trying to get as much live music as we can. And also we have the fabulous situation and that Deb hasn't been before. Oh, wow. So the show's also, I think, going to work as a kind of an introduction uh, to uh, Glastonbury today. I'll be amazed if I don't, like, if I if I manage to not get lost and actually find where I'm supposed to be in order to <laughs> broadcast the show, it'll be a miracle. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think there are people that have been going for, you know, decades that still have trouble finding their way around the place. Yeah, they, so, uh, always, they always move things around just enough to throw you out, yeah. you know. Yeah. But who, are you, uh, who are you particularly looking forward to, to seeing this year? Deb? Um, there's a band called Say She She, which I'm, like, famously obsessed with. They're, like, uh, uh, they're just this super tight sort of disco, psychedelic um girl group with like these amazing uh amazing sort of operatic voices and yeah I just love them I saw them at Jazz Cafe in London before I moved here and I'm I just think they so deserve to be at Glastonbury so I'm really looking forward to that set in particular brilliant um I to be honest I haven't I haven't properly scanned through the lineup yet so um I tend to sort of get there and then run around manically catching (laughs) stuff I I am however quite looking forward to seeing Alan John (laughs) yeah of course 
Yeah, yeah. Is that someone you've just discovered as well, Tom, driving home? Yeah, well, yes. Like, what is this? Oh, this is like, we have, uh, we've had discovery dinners with me and my wife because I basically missed out on all popular culture where we'd have like a dinner where she'd play me someone really famous and she'd be like, this is David Bowie. You'd be like, oh, yes, it's great. Um, so I think this the festival's kind of doing that for me a bit. Yeah. I, I hope it's a bit like Primavera as well in that like I'm – I. I imagine there'll be all kinds of nooks and crannies where we can just wander into and find some. I mean, that that's my favorite way to discover new music is to catch someone live and be like, what is this? You know, and and uh, particularly when they're sort of up and coming. So I imagine there'll be like lots of smaller stages and lots of people to discover there too. Yeah. yeah. What have been some of your sort of favorite discoveries from Glastonbury, Tom? Over the years, have there been any uh, sets or experiences there that have really kind of stayed with you down the years presumably lots but um any yeah i mean um they kind of the whole thing just sort of blends into one really i mean the things i always remember are kind of big headline gigs you know like mm. I my, one of my favorite things is like arcade when arcade fire played there the first time i was obsessed with that album yeah and i was just so desperate to see them live it's one of the only albums i've ever known like, known all the words to uh so you know that was great and I, and kind of like i don't know kind of the big names things are always ones i remember because it's i feel like the little stuff i'm sort of always it sort of blends into one as i'm sort of staggering around but um you know pet shop boys and things like that but um yeah i can't really think of now i mean most of the time i, I spend a lot of my time in the sort of the dance area till late at night and a lot of the time you don't even actually know who you're seeing i mean D, i saw dina uh dina well had i was how to say dina I forgot how you say her surname now. Um, anyway, go, go to Dan and I'll come back to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I've never been before, Tom. Yeah. I got nothing uh, as yeah, far as this stuff goes. It was, oh, Dina Abdul-Alhid played last year at Icon. That was, um, that was amazing. I kind of quite often hang out at the Icon now just seeing who's going to like make the loudest noise. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Well... I hope you both have a fantastic time at Glastonbury. Are you and, going? Uh, sadly not. Uh, oh, no, I wish on. I was. Um, but um, no, can't make it this year, unfortunately. But um, mm-hmm. I'll be trying to catch as much of it as possible on the TV and through the iPlayer and stuff. So um, We'll give you a wave. Yes, thank you. Take a flag. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, thank you so much once again for uh, for joining oh, us today. It's, no, it's, it's been a real pleasure. pleasure. And um, yeah, once again, uh, the show uh, New Music Fix Daily airs uh, Monday to Thursday from 7pm till 9pm on 6 Music. So yeah, Deb and Tom, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.